This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. Our global circumstances are asking us to accept that we each have a role in protecting humanity, and that means doing our part. To accept that the present moment circumstances, they're confusing, they're stressful, they're isolating, and they are also out of our immediate control. We have to also know that all of our old coping mechanisms, all of our old triggers, all of the things that we didn't process in the past are going to come out right now. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll hear about a personal journey to heart health. We'll discuss mindfulness amidst panic. We'll explore cooking with beans. And lastly, we'll learn about the natural treatment of arthritis. But first, a little bit of business. Wayne Elliott here to share my great experience over the past 20 years with Strauss Heart Drops. If you've had bypass surgery, stents, have angina, diabetes, cold hands and feet, grayish blue lips or skin, I urge you to try Strauss Heart Drops and feel better again soon. Strauss Heart Drops saved my life and thousands of others without risk or harm. Go to StraussNaturals.ca to order online or find a store near you. I promise you won't be sorry. I hope you give this to yourself. Thank you. Honest opinions on health and wellness are what you're going to get from my first guest. Wayne Elliott has used his experience of over 25 years to help anyone he can use natural remedies to better their everyday lives. An advocate for natural health and wellness, Wayne has worked tirelessly to ensure those around him live their best lives. Welcome to The Tonic, sir. How are you? I'm great. Always well. Thank you, Jamie. It's a pleasure to be with you. So like me, you've come to wellness as part of a personal journey. And everybody has heard my story a thousand times. We're not going to go over that because honestly, I'll get calls. They'll tell me to stop. How did it start for you, though? Well, it started for me not feeling very well, Jamie, back in my 30s. and had an attack at my, my front yard at one of my son's birthday parties having a football catching contest. And uh, I was very lucky because uh, it was another seven, eight years from then. I, and then I developed an irregular heartbeat uh, not too long after that. And uh, all the angina symptoms, chest pains, leg cramps, night sweats, shortness of breath. And uh, I didn't do anything for all that time, but just go downhill, really, until I was introduced to the Strauss heart drops. But I I had anxiety that I didn't realize I had until I didn't have it anymore. And uh, I I actually made preparations. When I read an article by Harvard University Medical that the earlobe crease was the best indicator of clogged arteries, I looked in the mirror and sure enough had a deep crease in both earlobes. And it runs in my family, so I began to make plans for it to take me too. And uh, thank goodness that that day that the Strauss heart drops were introduced to me because it was a great return to health. I'm 66 years old now, feel better than I did when I was 36. I started that over 20 years ago now, so it's been a great thing for me, Jamie, that's for sure. It was getting to me. I couldn't do my job properly anymore, climbing on ships or inspecting ships, and uh, it was a steady downhill ride at a, at a pretty early age. Yeah, it's a little scary when you start having health issues in your 30s and 40s, and, and that was certainly you know, part of what was happening to me, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that the ship has been righted. Sorry, I couldn't help myself with that. 
terrible no, that's pun. That's a good one. <laughs> so you weren't always into natural health, though, were you? Oh, heck no. Uh, in fact, I've wondered this a few times, why I didn't look into anything. I hadn't met Jim Strauss, of course. I didn't know anything about uh, natural health. And uh, I never looked into a thing. There was, there was no computers in those days, Jamie, or at least I didn't use them. And uh, did no research whatsoever, which kind of surprises me. I, I really, I just accepted it because it had taken so many of my family. I just thought I'd go the same way. Yeah, but now you feel differently, right? Now you understand a little bit more about natural health. What, what does it mean to you now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, the most profound day of my life, of course, the greatest day was the day I started Strauss Heart Drops. The next most profound experience was my relationship with Jim Strauss Sr., who's, who's lost to us now. He's passed. But his teachings with regards to nature, uh, how nature works and how uh, our bodies can only be healed with cells that we're made from, it was just a great experience, and I, of course, I used to be involved with the company. I, I got involved uh, 20 years ago for, I think, five years, and uh, I did took over radio shows and things, lectures for Jim. But then I, I left the business. I don't make my living in the health business. I make my living in the recycling business, and uh, I just did shows here and there whenever they would ask me to. But I'll tell you, his teachings I never forgot, and uh, I think about him every day in the how he saved me, uh, of course, and so I, I'm so blessed to have been a small part. I'm just a messenger boy, but to be a small part of having helped so many friends and family and other people. So it's definitely the most rewarding thing of my life. So, you know, I know we could speak for a long time for some of the health issues and, and some of the natural health teachings of Jim Strauss, but can you sort of give our listeners an idea of, of some of his philosophy? Well, he always said that if you're not made from it, it cannot fix you, and that for us to expect chemical drugs to actually heal or fix us would be like taking our automobile to the lumber yard to fix with two-by-fours and plywood. <laughs> you couldn't do it. You need materials the car is made from, and our bodies are the same thing. We need cells we're made from, uh, Jamie. So that's natural substances and uh, uh, herbs and and foods. There's some great medicinal herbs, of course, and medicinal foods and uh, that was the big thing. He always said, we don't have the equipment to handle chemicals. There's no glass-lined tanks or stainless tubes in our body, and uh, so we just don't have the equipment to handle these chemicals. That was uh, certainly a big one, uh, uh, and uh, he always also said that nature has provided everything that we'll ever need for our health, and I remember a few years before he died, he called me and he said that that, that week, and traveling through the meadows and a forest, that he found three antibiotic herbs, but we had no use for them yet. I said, what does that mean to you, Jim? He said, there's more disease coming, because nature provided everything from the beginning. And uh, I believe that. Everything the man ever told me turned out to be true, even things that I doubted at the time, Jamie, that sounded, you know, off-base to me. Every single word he ever said turned out to be true. So definitely the most profound relationship I've had in my life and helped me. What sounded off beat to you? I'm curious. That piques my interest. What did he tell you that, that you thought didn't seem right at the time, but is proven out? Well, you know, he would talk about, you know, pharmaceuticals and the pharmaceutical industry and that it was always all about money. And at first I found it hard to believe, you know, I was thinking, so what, is there's this big conspiracy you know, about such an important thing as our health. And I, I challenged him on it once, and he laughed, and he said, you're so naive. 
I said, why do you say that? He said, well, think of all the wars and killing in the world's history, Wayne. If not about money, what's it been about? Land and seafront and so on and so forth. So he he said, you're so naive. And of course, you know, I believe that was 100% true as well. It's obviously for the money. The world's most uh, biggest selling drug, Jim always said, is the most insidious drug on the market. And that was a statin drug for cholesterol. This is something folks should know, Jamie, really. The, the cholesterol or statin drugs, they don't claim to remove any blockage or plaque. Not a grain of it. They don't claim it because it doesn't do it. None of the, the uh, uh, pharmaceuticals for statins do it. What it does do is shutter or govern down your liver's function. Just like you can put a governor on a car engine or a truck to only go so fast. That's what the statin drugs do. And the thinking is, so our liver will produce less cholesterol. Well, the liver produces cholesterol because we need it. And here's the trouble, Jamie, or one of the troubles. Our liver has over 200 functions, so I guess we're governing all those down as well. And then I became so stressed to learn that each of the manufacturers of the statins, in their defense, say to get a blood test every 30 days to check your liver enzymes because of the potential damage to your liver. And the hundreds and hundreds of people that I talk to and I've talked to about this, I haven't met two that have the monthly blood test. So very dangerous, this stuff, and we don't have equipment to handle it. And I think, you know, Jim had all of that down so cold, just as he did making his formulas by taste and recognizing the medicinal value of herbs by taste. I think the Strauss family was a one of in the world in that respect. I've never heard of another that had that craft and, and used taste to put formulas together and to recognize the value of herbs, the medicinal value. You know, when I hear you speak about this, you know, it seems like this is very personal to you. Did you feel it's your mission? Oh, you bet. I've come to believe, Jamie, that part of the reason that I was put here was for this. And, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, as far as I'm concerned, it's a miracle I got saved going those seven or eight years with nothing after an attack and the downhill ride. I'm just so grateful I made it. And then, of course, the complete turnaround in my life. Uh, I have to be grateful. I've been blessed. So I'll, I'll never stop talking about what Jim taught me and about his fabulous products like the Strauss Heart Drops that saved me, clearing all my plaque out. It's hard to describe for people, Jamie, if you have a cholesterol, if you really have plaque that blocked arteries, restricted blood flow, it's truly hard to describe how invigorating it is as you increase your blood flow. It's, it's almost dangerous. And Jim said to me the first time I met him, I went to Kamloops, B.C., and uh, he looked at me and he said, how long have you been on my heart drops now? And I said, almost five months, Jim, and I feel like Superman. He looked and he was kind of concerned. He looked into my ears. He said, you should be okay now. I think it was because of me that Jim began to say to people at lectures and, and so forth that until you're on Strauss heart drops for four or five months, don't do anything more strenuous than you did before you started them. And he'd say, after you've been on them for four or five months, you can go and chase rabbits. Meaning that, you know, it is so invigorating. You could go from a let's just say, a, a 90% blocked artery, and in, in a month or two, Strauss heart drops increase that blood flow 10%, well, that would be doubling your blood flow, and you will notice it. There's no mistaking 
that's the other thing I always tell folks. You won't need tests, numbers, reports, all the rest of it to know how you are feeling. And uh, ironically, it's not on one drug clinical study that I've ever read, how does the test candidate feel? It's a pretty important point, Jamie, how we feel. And uh, there's no mistaking it. When you increase your blood flow, you will know it because you it's just hard to describe how good it feels. You'll have energy again. And uh, as I say, I didn't know I had anxiety until I didn't have it anymore. And shocked my mother one time at a lecture. I think I shocked us both. Her mouth dropped open. I think mine did too because it's the first time I'd ever had it in my consciousness that, that yeah, I was suffering anxiety. So... You know, blood flow is the body's most important function. There's no question about that. And wherever you have restricted or or blocked blood flow, you will have an issue. The two big ones, of course, being our our number one killers, heart disease and stroke, uh, lack of oxygen to the heart or brain. A stroke is really a brain attack. Our brain needs 20% of all the oxygen that we take in. So if we take in too little, it's getting 20% of too little. And, uh, and we can have a stroke, particularly if our carotid arteries on the side of our neck get plugged. The heart attack, our number one killer, well, that's the heart arteries. So they're the major things, Jamie. But believe me, where we don't have blood flow, we'll have a problem. And diabetics, of course, are right up there as well at the top of the list. Blood flow and circulation is their biggest issue. And diabetics can lose pieces of themselves, toes, feet, legs, eyesight, and very painful as well. In the, in the feet and so forth. And diabetics are the only people that we say should never stop taking the Strauss heart drops and never suffer any of those things. Make sure that you have the blood flow you're meant to have. So it's almost an infinite number of things can happen to you. Good things can happen to you taking Strauss heart drops. It's not snake oil. It's just a matter of if you have bluish gray lips or skin, Jamie, that's circulation. The blood isn't getting to your skin uh, 100% like it should. But people take Strauss heart drops in a week or two, they go to a more even color. So it's been so rewarding for me, my very small involvement here, so rewarding for me to be involved in because there's no downside to it. You can't be harmed. Health Canada determined that 20-something years ago when these formulas were all approved. And you can't be cheated because the Strauss company has a satisfaction guarantee. You don't need a reason, you don't need a test, you don't need anything. Uh, If you're not satisfied, they just won't have dissatisfied customers. So there's no risk. And, you know, it's it's just a, I'm just so grateful for him. Well, let's talk a little bit about the natural ingredients that are behind the heart health drops. Sure. How do they help? How do they help with the blood flow and and clearing out the plaque? What is it? Can you speak to some of the, the natural ingredients? Well, I'm, I'm sure not an herbalist, and it, it never really interested me in all of Jim's teachings. I, I never, his son Peter is, is like Jim, has the same craft, and, and uh, they just, their family had it down so cold, it was amazing to me. So I, I didn't get into, and now I know many of the herbs, I just can't talk to you like any kind of expert. But in the heart drops, there is aged garlic extract, cayenne pepper, hawthorn berries and leaves, motherwort, bilberry, European mistletoe, so it's not toxic to humans, it's European mistletoe, and uh, white willow bark. But Jim always said, the other thing he always said was you need, just like your mother or your grandmother making a fine meal or a nice soup, 
you need the right ingredients in perfect proportion. You know, he would say if your mother dumped a, a cup of salt into the soup, well, you, you wouldn't eat it. You don't have soup you could eat. And, and uh, oftentimes our mom or anyone cooking for us, they taste the food before they serve it to make sure it doesn't need a pinch of something to be perfect. Well, Jim always said the same thing is the case with uh, herbal medicines. You need all the right ingredients in the exact proper proportion. The Strokes Heart Drops were made for Jim himself after a massive heart attack 40 years ago. And there was even less known then about cholesterol than today. The cholesterol myth is uh, the myth that high blood cholesterol is dangerous. If it's floating in your blood, Jamie, it's not stuck anywhere. So, And it turns out that 8 out of 10 heart attack victims have low blood cholesterol because it isn't floating in the blood. It's stuck somewhere. That was my case. Perfect blood cholesterol. My tests always showed, according to the doctor. And yet, uh, of course, it wasn't perfect. And when I took the Strokes Heart Drops, my blood cholesterol level went way up. And when it came back down to 3.0, that's when I knew I was clear again. And uh, with me, it took over a year and a half. I had about five blood tests over the year and a half, and I watched it go up, stay up at almost triple my blood cholesterol. I felt great. And then I saw it come down from 8 to 4.5, and I said, I must be getting close to clear, clean, uh, cleaned out. And then it went down to 3.0, and I figured that's it. I am cleaned out. Now, I've never stopped taking them, Jamie, because I I don't want to clog up again. Obviously, I'm prone to it. So I, I continue to take them, and I continue to feel great. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Always my pleasure, and it was great meeting you. I look forward to the next one, Jamie. Wayne Elliott will be back next month. We've got to take a short break. We'll be right back on The Tonic. And now the group travel tidbit brought to you by EF Go Ahead Tours Canada. Experience the world like a local by traveling alongside expert guides who call your destination home. Enjoy authentic meals, immersive sightseeing, and enriching cultural activities. They'll handle all the details. Here's Kate Edge with this week's reason to travel solo, but not alone. Everyone wants to see the world in their own way. So within group tours, there's plenty of open time to explore destinations on your own or with new friends. You can also add in personalized excursions. You can even stay behind a few days and we can take care of the catch-up flights. Flexibility and personalization are key. This has been your group travel tidbit. For more information, visit goaheadtours.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Tracy Sograti has 20 years of clinical experience with formal education in molecular biology, nursing, critical care nursing, advanced life support, anatomy, and pathophysiology, parenting, child development, health education, perinatal care, Swedish massage, and Thai yoga massage. She's also a certified yoga therapist who has led over 2,000 hours in yoga teacher training, over 3,000 hours in private yoga and yoga therapy, and teacher mentorship sessions, and over 10,000 hours teaching yoga classes, workshops, and events. She's also a mindfulness expert. Her free meditation recordings can be found on the Insight Timer app. Follow her at Tracy Sograti on Instagram and Twitter and Sograti Yoga on Facebook. Welcome back to the show, my good friend. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. It's the, it's the perfect time to discuss mindfulness, I think. Yeah, and since we last spoke, you've added like a bunch of different accreditations to your list Yeah, there. yeah, so I'm sorry. <laughs> 
So, like, you're you're much more accomplished now than you were last month. I know. I was thinking, wow, I should shorten that. It's a little too much. It's too much of a mouthful for him. So, but <laughs> perfect timing for for you perfect to be timing. Yeah. For, perfect timing for you to be all of the better because we need you because this is a time of panic, right? Yeah, it is a time of panic, but. The thing is, uh, what we need is we need to take care of ourselves, and mindfulness is one tool that we can kind of use to do that. Right. So what happens when we panic? So the big thing is our sympathetic nervous system kicks in, and people will commonly know that as the fight or flight response, or sometimes known as the fight, flight, freezer, play dead response. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's not a bad response. It's actually the part of your nervous system that helps you get out of bed in the morning. So it's not all bad. But the thing that I do want to say about it is that part of our nervous system works best in a sprint. Okay. And what we're going through right now is more like a marathon. Right. Right. And it's important to understand that difference. So what I mean by that is when that part of your nervous system kicks in, you know, your pupils dilate, your blood shunts away from your digestive system and into your muscles so that you can run away or hide or fight, you know, kick someone and uh, your digestion slows down. And that is great if it's temporary. But if the stressor persists for a long period of time, our system starts to break down. And so we need to interject regular, and by that I mean daily, practices to modify the response of the nervous system so that we can cope with our stress without being traumatized by it. Right. So mindfulness is the toolkit that we have Mm -hmm. to cope with social distancing and quarantine. Can you explain how that would work? Yeah, I mean, the first piece is around acceptance. Social distancing is very difficult for us as human beings. We thrive on connection. We want to connect. Even if we're disgruntled and grumpy all the time like you, you still (laughs) want to connect. I was going to say, it's easier for some than others, but go on. (laughs) You know, that's programmed into us. And so it's very difficult to go through social isolation, particularly if we live alone. And so the first piece that mindfulness asks us to do is to accept our present moment circumstances or to relax our resistance to what is. And, you know, if we don't do this, what we do know is, you know, what happens with trauma, right? And when we resist our present moment circumstances or we kind of dissociate so that we don't have to cope with the strong feelings that come up, Right. Then what happens in the future is we'll keep recreating those circumstances in order to process the stuff that's living in our bodies that we didn't deal with. Yeah. And so the key thing with mindfulness is that it really short circuits that tendency because it asks you to constantly come into the present moment and just accept things as they are. And right now what that means is to accept that, you know, our global circumstances, I mean, there's never been a better time to look at the teaching we are all one than right now. Mm -hmm. And so our global circumstances are asking us to accept that we each have a role in protecting humanity, and that means doing our part. To accept that the present moment circumstances, they're confusing, they're stressful, they're isolating, and they are also out of our immediate control. And so we have to invite that in. And as we come into this acceptance, we have to also note that all of our old coping mechanisms, all of our old triggers, all of the things that we didn't process in the past, all of our ways of behaviorally acting out challenging feelings or our own stress, 
are going to come out right now. And they're going to come out, especially if you live with other people, they are going to come out aimed at the people around you if we don't process them. And so I think what's critical in that acceptance piece is to ask ourselves the question, okay, how can I be a citizen of the world right now? Right? If you fully accept that these are the circumstances, then how can we participate in a global solution? And that will actually help to decrease how threatening the situation is perceived by us, right? And as, yeah. if, if we can decrease that perception, then the amygdala, which is the part of your brain that perceives threat, is going to quiet down, and then we can be more rational. I think if we start conceptualizing what we need to do as an actual task, in other words, we are working towards a goal. We're working towards a goal together. But we're happier, right? Like, I, Absolutely. Everybody's happier when they have something to do, right? If they think that all they're doing is sitting around in their house and doing nothing, well, that's going to breed all the anxiety. Whereas if they are at home working towards keeping the world a safer place, then it's a better situation. Exactly. Yeah. And what you did there was just a shift in perspective. You yeah. looked at your thoughts rather than from your thoughts, which is critical. Exactly. And I, I think the other piece that you mentioned is just the actual action part of it. Yeah. You know, there are things that you can do every single day as an action to spread love, to support community, to reach out and connect that you can do while social distancing, which give you meaning, purpose, and keep you integrated into society as a whole. And I think if we shift our perspective and look at this as an opportunity for a new world order, mindfully and choose consciously what our habits are going to be, it is a period of that could potentially mean great growth and expansion for humanity as a whole. But we have to make the choice. I agree. Not all of us have a mindfulness practice such as meditation, Yeah. but I'm sure there are other tools that mindfulness provides us in order to cope if we're not meditating, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the simplest practice, and, and this is one I offer my clients, especially for people who are feeling quite anxious, and when they try to sit down and meditate, it just feels overwhelming. They feel fidgety or even more anxious, is this alternative, which you can then move into a meditation practice with, and it's called RAIN. And what the RAIN practice does, is just an acronym, it helps the brain recognize and accept that some patterns are simply unrewarding, okay? Mm-hmm. And so what we do first is we recognize, that's what the R stands for. Mm-hmm. So you just begin to recognize what you're feeling over the course of moments or the course of days. And what recognizing looks like is to actually name the feelings. And that might mean you say them out loud to yourself or you write them down. And if you are going to write them down, I suggest that you write them on the same piece of paper because that's going to help you have a visual of how things shift over time. Right. And, and that's the next thing. You'll notice that your feelings shift constantly. You know, from moment to moment, they'll shift. And so as you watch them shifting, you'll notice that the process of actually recognizing and naming the feelings eases the pressure off because you stop resisting them. And as you stop resisting them, you can feel the feeling moving through you uh, without you behaviorally acting it out, right? So say, for example, you're in the same room for 10 hours with your spouse and all the little things that they're doing that normally you'd be able to that would be within your window of tolerance or not within your window of tolerance and you want to freak out, <laughs> right? No comment. <laughs> You'll notice that the feeling will pass through. It's not like the feeling stops being there. Right. But you don't have the same drive to behaviorally act it out because you're able to let it pass through you. 
Okay. And, you know, what you can begin with is you can say things like, I'm so frustrated, or I'm scared, or I'm bored, or I'm stir-crazy, just to keep the dialogue with yourself open. And that also helps you take responsibility for you so that you're not blaming your feelings on either, you know, the circumstances or the people who are around you. Okay. What's next? Yeah. The second piece of RAIN is to come into a place of allowing or accepting, which we've kind of just talked about. And with feelings, that's really about allowing the feeling to be there, Mm -hmm. right? And to move away from a conceptual reality of it into a somatic experience. And that means noticing how the feeling feels in your body, right? Whether it's tension, hot, cold, tingly, just start to become aware of what's happening in your body. And then next, as you start to become aware, you investigate it, right? So as you recognize and allow each feeling and you notice it in your body, you can start to toggle between feeling it and then exploring what the opposite of that feeling would be, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're noticing frustration or constant tension and you can feel it in your body, start to ask yourself the question, well, what's the opposite of that? And see if you can hold both at the same time. And that creates a huge shift in your brain around perspective. The final piece is to nurture yourself. And this is, Jamie, honestly, this is really about offering yourself kindness. And I'll say this to everyone, be sweet and soft and gentle with yourself. Treat yourself as if you are beloved. You know, don't expect perfection from yourself. This is challenging. So every time there's a rupture between you and you or you and someone else, just repair it. That's great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. We'll be back next month to discuss mindful navigation of challenging times. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll hear all about cooking with beans on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Welcome back. In addition to being a lawyer, my next guest has been writing for Tonic Magazine for over six years. And since 2015, she's written the very popular cookbook review column, my wife, Naomi. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, like, bizarrely... Normally, you come into the studio and we record, but today we're recording. Even though we are married and cohabitate, we're in two different locations because of COVID, right? Yes. But people are coping with COVID in different ways, 
And today we're going to tackle a subject that I think will be very helpful for people that are, are at home. Yes, lots of time to cook. Right. Social distancing gives extra time for some of these projects. Right. So we're going to talk about beans. But why are we talking about beans today? Beans are a pantry item. They're not perishable. They're cheap. They're nutritious. They're plant-based protein. You know, they've got great protein fiber and all kinds of other good minerals. They're just good food. Yeah, they're healthy. Healthy, very healthy. Healthy, cheap, nutritious easy. Seems like a good time to talk about them. Right. That's why we're talking about it, but we're not the only ones talking about beans, right? That's right. It's a bit crazy, but it does seem to be that beans, beans are the new kale, the new cauliflower. There's more pictures of beans than anything else on my Instagram feed. Well, that, are... that just speaks to your Instagram <laughs> feed. That doesn't really speak to normal people. Sorry, go on. You're, no, you're... I, I know. It's funny, uh, but I became aware that clearly beans are a thing yeah. now. There are recipes you know, for stews or different dishes that are you know, breaking the internet. So instead of Kim Kardashian, it's pictures of beans and stews that everybody is very interested in. So well, it's not just us. I prefer beans to Kim Kardashian <laughs> as well. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think beans are popular because a lot of people are, are trying to make the move to eat less meat. And I think beans offer a lot of the nutritional value. I mean, it doesn't replace meat, but to a large extent, you can get a lot of the nutrients that come in meat through beans. Right. Well, you've got some people who are becoming completely vegetarian or vegan, and so right. it is you know, one of the important proteins to replace meat. But even if you're not a vegetarian, it's a great alternative, either with meat in a dish, so you reduce the amount of meat in the same dish, right. or instead of, you know, right. so that one night you have meat and then another night you have something vegetarian. But this is nothing new. I mean, people have been eating beans forever, right? Yes, particularly in certain cuisines like Mexican you know, Indian cuisine, dal and lentils, you know, they're, they're you know, thousands of years old. But it's coming into popularity in North America right. more recently. Which is our bailiwick. That's right, because that's where we live. Right. And it's not just like the same old beans that you can get on the shelf. Like people, are, there's such a, there's heirloom tomatoes, but now there's heirloom beans, right? Yes, I know. There's a type of bean or a type of farm called Rancho Gordo. And that seems to be, that's the thing to get. It's American. And um, I'm not even sure you can really access it in Canada. But sometimes people, you know, have somebody in the States, you can have it delivered to if you really want to. Yeah. It is more expensive than a can of beans. Again, though, even more expensive beans are still not too expensive if you're really into that or interested in trying different kinds of heirloom beans. Right. So there's a dichotomy out there. When you talk about beans, you can talk about, well, other than growing it in a garden, but we're talking about dried beans versus canned beans, right? Yeah, that's right. Nothing wrong with a can of beans. That is the easiest option. Right? Like you just open it, it's cooked already, open, drain, eat. You can cook or you can throw it in a salad. So great option. Right. Important to know that you should look at the label on the cans. They're you know, salt or preservative or chemical additives like EDTA or BPA, and that some people have raised some concerns about those. And it's easy to find brands without it. So you might not even think to look at the label, but you might want to do that. Right. Um, some concern that these additives leach nutrients from the food, although labeled safe to ingest. Yes. All right. So that's canned. And then the other option is dried. 
That's right. Dried, so even though a can of beans is $2, $3, depending on the beans, dried are even more cost-effective. And then, of course, you have total control over how to use them, what to add to them. They do require slightly more work, soaking and then cooking. If you soak them, it reduces the cooking time, and it does make them cook better, more evenly. It also makes them more digestible. But you need to sort of plan ahead if you're soaking, right? Like, they need to be soaked for a while, right? You do. And, I mean, so if you want to come home last minute and put dinner together, then you aren't going to be soaking beans for eight hours. I remember years ago reading a Jamie Oliver cookbook, and he said, just, you know, think about it, just chuck a you know, a handful of beans into a pot before you go to bed, and then no problem for you. And it was true. Like, yep. you just need to think a little bit ahead. And if that's not an option for you, well, then obviously that's not going to happen. Right. However, with the Instant Pot that I spoke about last time I was on, it is a great way to cook dried beans, and you don't have to soak them. Still recommend to soak them, but it gives you some more options if you, you know, if you didn't have time to soak them. They cook pretty well in the Instant Pot easily and more evenly. Okay. So other than digestibility, the one issue with beans is also, particularly with the canned beans, is there's something in the liquid, right? It isn't just water. It becomes something else. Yeah. And generally, I would say don't you know, drain it. I always drain and rinse the beans because it's yeah. kind of salty and yucky liquid. Yeah. That's a technical term. Yeah, yucky. Um, yeah. yeah. But in fact, the liquid in the can from chickpeas is now called aquafaba, which sounds much fancier than it's that. It's very sexy. Instead of, instead of goopy liquid, it's instead aquafaba. Of, yeah. Yes. And it seems to only apply to chickpea liquid as okay. opposed to other types of legumes. And it also really only works with canned chickpeas. So aquafaba can be used as a substitute for eggs or another thickener. So you can make meringues with aquafaba. And you'll find it, you know, if you, if you Google it or you look in vegan you know, yeah. cookbooks, you will find uh, recipes using aquafaba. And that's what it is. So not only can you eat the chickpeas from the can, you can use the liquid in that case. Right. And it's, yeah. used, it's used as a thickener as well in mm-hmm. other applications. So they don't have to mimic eggs. You can just use it to thicken up, let's say, a chili or something. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some recipes for beans. Yeah, let's talk about recipes because I have many cookbooks with beans in them, but I I got a recent, a new cookbook, which is just all about beans. It's called Cool Beans, and it's by a man named Joe Yonan. He's a food writer at the Washington Post. He's a James Beard award-winning food writer, so, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He's recently put out this book all about beans. He points out in the book that you know beans were traditionally associated in North American people's minds with hippies and with poverty. And that's yeah. why they weren't particularly popular. No. But with immigration, globalization of food, and greater appreciation of different cuisines, people are turning to beans. Also, of course, as we talked about, with the greater interest in plant-based foods. We eat beans probably two, three, four times a week at our house. Yeah. You open a can and you know, I bring salads for lunch and I throw you know, a handful of chickpeas in you know, all the time. Right. You can also buy them dried and you know, roasted to just add some crunch. Yep. But back to the book, a uh, lot of different recipes, some that you might expect and some that are less expected. So there's your you know, spreads like hummus, but also red bean, walnut, and pomegranate pate, harissa roasted carrot and white bean dip, many different types of dips. What we made, I made a roasted beet hummus bowl with yep. turmeric, tahini, and peanut dukkha. So that was a number of components, and you could make all of them 
or some of them. That was hummus, and then roasted beets on top of the hummus, and then drizzled with a tahini, which is a sesame seed paste, water, garlic, maple syrup, salt, lemon. So somewhat similar to the hummus, but a little bit sweet, drizzled over the beets. And then there was a dukkha, which is a Middle Eastern blend of spices and nuts, which is usually made with hazelnuts. I haven't seen it with peanuts, but we tried it in this case, and uh, it was good. So it was a complete meal. It was, was, and the plate was super colorful, mm -hmm. like a very bright and spring plate. Yeah, and I would say that if you don't like beets, you could make it with roasted carrots or some other vegetable. We also put some arugula in just to make it more... Salad-y. Yep. So yeah, that was that was a good thing. It worked really well, and the hummus was really good. Um, there are some interesting tips in there, like don't put oil when you're mixing the hummus. Drizzle the oil on top, which mm. I'd never seen before. So that's what I tried. Yep. Did work. So also there's you know there's salads you know like French green lentils with a trio of mustards. There's soups, stews, sides like you you know like you might think. Kidney bean and mushroom bourguignon. Mushroom this. Non-meat bourguignon seems to be... Um, yeah, it's another, it's another hot ticket item. It is. And I haven't tried this one, but we've tried one, you know, also other vegetarian bourguignon. They're really good. Yes. Like you don't miss the meat. Nope. Pasta, rice, hearty main courses, Chinese-style noodles with black beans and shiitake mushrooms, chickpea and mushroom puttanesca. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting things to try. Definitely would be filling and very healthy. It's not that they're low-fat, but we're not about low-fat anyways. You know, lots of protein, fiber, nutrients. And then the most interesting part is the dessert recipes. You've got something like dark chocolate mousse, which is made with aquafaba that mm. we talked about. Chocolate chickpea spread, kind of like hummus, or maybe it's like Nutella. No garlic, though. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of interested. Hopefully. I don't yeah, kind of interested to try that. Yeah, I'm not committing. <laughs> chickpea pralines. And even a cardamom, lime, and white bean bundt cake. And, you know, the author explains that you know, he didn't even want to puree the beans. He wanted the beans to be there, so he candied them. And they're made as part of the filling to the cake with pistachios and coconut. So have not tried any of the desserts, but we'll see. We'll see how long this social distancing goes on and how much time well, we have. You make bean cakes, and I, I may be social distancing <laughs> in different ways. But anyways, that's all the time we have today. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Next month, we're going to discuss new approaches to French cuisine, right? Yes. Fantastic. That was Naomi Bussin. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll hear all about the natural treatment of arthritis on The Tonic. Keeping your immune system strong and stable is important to staying healthy. New Roots Herbal offers vital antioxidants and immune-boosting supplements to keep you at your best. Discover Resilience Mushroom Blend, powerful green tea extracts, and their best-selling vitamin C8 formula. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. And for more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Alamax Canada is the company that delivers real, bioactive, stabilized allicin. Using only the freshest garlic from Spain, Alamax is the trusted source for a high-quality and effective allicin supplement. The manufacturers of Alamax have dedicated their time to researching this fascinating plant and all of its antimicrobial and antibacterial benefits. To fight infection and stay well, take Alamax. For more information, visit Alamax.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. 
Dr. Emily Lipinski graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and is a member of the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors. While in the academic world, Emily became fascinated with the potential applications of naturopathic medicine in health and wellness. She strongly believes in addressing the root causes of a medical issue using natural therapies either alone or in conjunction with conventional Western medicine. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. And you're safe in Ontario now from your world travels, right? I am, yes. That's good. But we're not going to talk about COVID today. We're going to talk about something else, and that is the treatment of arthritis. Yes. There's different types of arthritis, right? There are. There's two main types of arthritis, one of them being rheumatoid arthritis and the other one being osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis is a little bit more common, well, actually quite a bit more common than rheumatoid, but they're actually quite different in why they develop. Right. Okay. So let's start with with osteoarthritis because it's the more common one. How does that develop? That's what we call, you know, it's a disease almost of aging. It's wear and tear. So generally it affects older people, but it can also affect athletes that use their joints and really, you know, wear and tear them over time. So between our joints, we have kind of a squishy type of material called cartilage. And that allows our joints not to rub against each other. But over time, with lots of wear, that cartilage can break down, and then you have, you know, essentially bone-on-bone rubbing against each other, and that's where the pain and the arthritis comes from. Okay. And the other is rheumatoid arthritis, and how does it develop? So that's an autoimmune disease. So different than osteoarthritis, it's not really a disease of wear and tear. Because it's autoimmune, it means that your body actually starts to attack your joints. Ah, So do they manifest the same way? Like, how would you know if you had one versus the other if you're experiencing joint pain? For some people, they manifest the same way. But osteoarthritis does seem to affect the knees a little bit more than maybe rheumatoid would. In osteoarthritis, often people do experience just maybe one singular joint that's causing them a problem, like the right knee, let's say. Whereas rheumatoid arthritis, because the body is attacking joints, often these individuals will say, no, you know what, it's both my knees, it's both my hips, and it's both my wrists. So because the body doesn't say, okay, we're just going to go after the right knee, we're going to attack a few joints. Wow. Okay. But to really understand if you do have the, you know, osteo versus rheumatoid, usually there's ultrasounds or imaging that's done to look at the joints, and then also some blood tests to see if you have the antibodies circulating in your blood that's attacking your joints that would point to rheumatoid versus osteo. Okay, so you're saying if if you're having experiencing joint pain, it might make sense to get it tested just to see which kind you have, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I gather the treatments are different. They are. Okay. Yes. So let's start with osteoarthritis. Let's assume, unfortunately, that somebody has it. Now what? Number one, I'd say, is maintaining a healthy body weight, first and foremost, because any extra weight puts a lot more strain on your joint and more than you think. So, for example, if someone's, you know, really wanting to lose that extra 10 pounds, they know they're maybe only 10 pounds overweight, they don't think it's a really big deal, but that can actually increase the force on your knees for 30 to 60 pounds with each step. Yep. And there was a study that came out a few years ago showing that people that just lost 10 pounds, 40% of people with osteoarthritis had symptom like symptom improvement or complete symptom resolution. Hmm. You know, if you're just going to lose 10 pounds and it's a 40% chance that you're going to feel a lot better, weight loss isn't easy, but that's a powerful motivator if you're struggling with pain every day. And what we're really talking about with weight loss is loss of fat, right? That's right. 
because, you know, if, if you happen to be building muscle, that actually helps with arthritis because, you know, you're supporting the joints. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the next point, making yeah. sure that, you know, if you do have pain and osteoarthritis, making sure that you still maintain exercise. Of course, if your joints are hurting you, it's not always easy to get out and move. But doing more low-impact exercise with, you know, lightweight stretching, making sure that you don't just have, like, your body just doesn't sit or lie all day long. Because that also, not only does that increase the chance of more weight gain, but there's that old adage saying, you know, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And, you know, you're not helping your body by just being static all day. Right. And, you know, maintaining the muscle mass actually does help. You know, it allows... For easier movement, you know, I wouldn't say the muscles cushion the impact, but your body, for example, running or, or, you know, the higher impact exercises are easier to do if you have muscle mass. That's right. And speaking about joints, you know, we spoke about the cartilage that, you know, the cushion in between the two bones, but the joints also have fluid around them to allow for movement and smooth movement. And when we move our body, we increase fluid and nutrients into those joint capsules. Right. So we keep things a little bit more moist and fluid opposed to, you know, dry and, and no usage. Okay. So is there anything we can take to help if we have this form of arthritis? A lot of people are aware of certain substances that are shown that maybe help cartilage. MSM, mm-hmm. you may have heard of that. Glucosamine and yep. chondroitin. Yep. Those for a long time were the big marketed supplements. They still, for some people, they work. But there's another product that has come out into the market in the last few years called NEM eggshell membrane. That's not a brand. That is actually the substance that's extracted from an eggshell. And it has a bioavailable form of some of these substances. And it seems to be much more effective in more people than taking just MSN, glucosamine, chondroitin themselves. The eggshell membrane substance seems to have a better effect on reducing pain. And the interesting thing with that is it's not multiple pills a day or powders. It's one tablet a day. There's many different brands on the market. It's a patent substance. So whether you get it from your pharmacy or from a health food store, it's going to be essentially the same. And people know if they respond in about a month's time. So it's not something that, you know, you have to take for three months to see if you're getting or, or multiple times a day. It's once a day, if it's not working in a month, it's kind of you cut your losses and you, you carry on. Okay. And I, I understand another way to sort of conceptualize this is that this is arthritis is really about inflammation, right? Rheumatoid arthritis, is because it's an autoimmune disease, we know it's an inflammatory disease. Osteoarthritis isn't categorized as an inflammatory disease. Category has disease of aging. However, when the body starts breaking down cartilage, we do know there's some inflammation that begins and inflammation perpetuates cartilage breakdown. So although historically inflammation hasn't really been targeted with osteoarthritis, we do know that some therapies like omega-3 fatty acids and boswellia and using diet to reduce inflammation does seem to help manage symptoms a bit. It won't stop the progression, but it does seem to improve symptoms and may also improve pain. Okay, so let's transition now to rheumatoid arthritis. So that is about inflammation, right? Absolutely. And because it's autoimmune in nature, when we think about what we want to do to help reduce the autoimmune disease progression, we really have first and foremost is diet and looking at the gut healing. So we know that autoimmune disease, it has to have a genetic component. 
So either your parents or your grandparents or aunt and uncle have to have some form of autoimmune disease. It doesn't mean they've had rheumatoid arthritis. They mm-hmm. could have had psoriasis, let's say. Mm-hmm. But that is going to increase your chance of development of autoimmune. Then you have to have been exposed to some sort of trigger for autoimmune disease to start. And that could be anything from high consumption of Western diet, long-term use of NSAIDs or aspirin or other medications. It could be cigarette smoking at some point in your life. And then the final trigger is having something called a leaky gut or gut permeability. It doesn't mean you have holes in the gut lining, but you'll have little kind of reductions in how tight the, the gut lining is, allowing proteins from the gut into the body somehow, which triggers an autoimmune response. Hmm. So with knowing that, we can't do anything about the genetic component, but no. we want to make sure we reduce any sort of trigger that could be triggering this autoimmune response. So all the basic healthy lifestyles, focusing on a whole foods diet, quit smoking, not too much alcohol. You know, if you've been on a long-term pharmaceutical drug that may have been linked to autoimmune disease, there's a few of them. People can look into that, talk to the doctor. They might want to change to a different type of medication that doesn't have those risks. Are there any other nutraceuticals that might be helpful for arthritis? Because rheumatoid is inflammatory by nature, anything that's going to reduce inflammation. Things like turmeric and curcumin, omega-3 fatty acids, boswellia, those are all have been linked to reducing inflammation and then healing the gut to make Mm. sure we tighten up those leaky junctions in the gut. Okay. Are there any nutrients that suggest like that are deficient in somebody that has arthritis that they could perhaps supplement? Vitamin D is something that um, is an immunoregulator, so it helps to modulate, regulate the immune system. We know that people with autoimmune disease, they have a higher risk of being vitamin D deficient, so people with rheumatoid arthritis, that would be true for them. But it also shows that vitamin D has been linked to osteoarthritis and decreased cartilage thickness. So if you do have arthritis, it's best to get your vitamin D checked. You will have to pay for it in Ontario. But by optimizing that level, making sure you have enough vitamin D, that could also be beneficial. And vitamin D is cheap, right? It's not, a, yes. not an expensive oh, yeah. nutrient. Absolutely. Okay. okay, we have time for one last topic, and that is we talked about intermittent fasting in terms of helping you with your diet. Does it impact arthritis in any way? Well, we know that for people that do carry out intermittent fasting appropriately, meaning that they're not, you know, fasting all day and then having a meal at McDonald's at you know, right. 5 p.m., yeah. we know that people that actually do it correctly, they have tremendous benefit in weight loss and in inflammation. So those are two, you know, great points for osteoarthritis and also for rheumatoid arthritis because it has such a beneficial impact on inflammation. It can also really help to reduce pain in rheumatoid arthritis and possibly help with healing that gut. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. You're going to be back next month and we're going to discuss memory loss. Absolutely. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Wayne Elliott, Tracy Sobrati, Naomi Bussin, and Dr. Emily Lipinski, MD. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website, tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at 
Next week on the show, we'll discuss immunity and antivirals, inspiring social connectedness, and mimicking the restaurant experience in your very own kitchen. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.